Welcome to Not Over, Just Different. I'm your host, Natalie Ledwell, founder of Mind Movies, the ultimate personal development tool to visualize and achieve your greatest life. This podcast is for women who are looking for inspiration and guidance as they navigate the changes that come through moving through the various stages of life, or for anyone asking themselves, who do I want to be? Now, on this transformational show, I'll be talking to inspiring people from all walks of life about their stories of how they faced and overcame life's challenges in powerful ways. These are raw, candid conversations, often not shared until now. We'll be discussing topics like health, relationships, life's transitions, aging gracefully, and learning to see life from a fresh new perspective. We explore what it means to continually grow and evolve as your world changes and live a fulfilling life. As well, we'll provide you with amazing tools and resources to help you move through change with courage and resilience. So if you're ready to take the plunge and start your journey to becoming your most powerful, authentic self, then join me, Natalie Ledwell, on Not Over, Just Different for insightful conversations about how to tackle life's new chapter. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast for this week. This week, we are going to be talking about a subject which, if you have been following me for some time, you know I'm exceptionally passionate about, and that is um, children, this next generation, and helping them to navigate a world that we could not even have imagined would exist when we were kids. Um, so I have my very good friend here, Kathy Dominey. Kathy's coming in from us. She has an English accent, but she lives in Australia. <laughs> So don't yes. let that fool you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yes. A, a woman of many countries. That's right. <laughs> uh, Kathy and I are, are good friends, and so we both really share this this immense passion. Uh, what I love about Kathy is that you know she is the mother of five children, um, and uh, some special needs kids as well. Uh, so, you know, you have a, like a hands-on, in the moment, knowing what's going on, um, you know, a situation when it comes to, to children, not just your own, but what's happening, you know, in the world today. Uh, so I, I just thought this was a really important conversation that we want to bring to, you know, anyone who's listening to the podcast who has influence over, you know, whether it's your children, your grandchildren, um, to really help them, to, to give them the tools. Like, so... I mean, I think the first question I want to ask you, Kathy, is what do you think is, and I know that there's a number of them, uh, but some of the biggest issues or the biggest challenges that, you know, kids need to navigate these days that they're having a trouble, that they're having trouble with? Well, there's a multitude of issues, as we know, and I have to say, I'm so grateful that I never had to navigate through them at their age. Mm. I mean, the things that I see my children having to navigate through is intense. <laughs> there is no escape unless you are so aware and you're trying to um, give those guidelines and safety boundaries around all of the social media and uh, the technology and all of these things that have in, in some ways beautifully enhanced our lives and increased connectivity and all of those sorts of things. And, and in some places can make you feel more inclusive because you can reach out and, and connect with like-minded people across the world, which is amazing. Um, but, you know, I mean, my daughter, for example, she's 20 now, but when she was about 15, she was the subject of cyberbullying. And, you know, she we had and, and still have this amazing connection where no conversation is off the table. 
So they can come to me if they've made mistakes, they can come to me with anything and we will find a solution together. So it's not a guilt, shame, blame situation. It's, oh, isn't this curious? Okay, well, that's an interesting experience. How can we move through that so that they have the space and the oxygen to to breathe and grow and make mistakes and find their way? Um, And so because of that sort of environment that we've created at home, she was able to bring her phone to me and show me just the barrage of essays of character assassinations on her and I went into fight flight freeze (laughs) and I was only receiving it secondary you know to her and I was it was really quite disturbing um and quite upsetting and as I said it, it really threw my nervous system into chaos because it was not nice to be in your safe environment receiving such unsafe messages and and attacks Um, And, you know, we were able to talk through it together. And I think a key point that we have sort of navigated as a family is not to villainize the other person. Right. Because it gives them a lot of power, number one. And also to villainize the other person, it also makes you feel like a a victim and sort of powerless as well. And so what we've managed to do is sit down and have some really sort of sometimes uncomfortable conversations, digging into what must be going on in that person's life for them to be behaving nicely towards you in person, but then, you know, giving you all these character assassinations at night. And and to do that was we were able to humanize the other side of the screen and understand that there was something going on that we obviously weren't aware of for them to be sharing their pain in such inappropriate ways. And, you know, my kids found that to be quite empowering, not to say they weren't hurt, not to say it wasn't difficult for them to navigate through, but to understand that this was a really marked reflection of the other person's journey and not a reflection on their own character. Like they had done nothing. There wasn't anything deficient within themselves, you know? And, um, and, and, you know, with my kids, they have got different abilities, all of them. And so sometimes the world aren't quite ready for them yet. And it's been really, really important for us as a family to highlight all of their quirkiness as the reasons why they're successful rather than try and hide them from the world uh, and help them understand that not everybody's quite ready to receive their amazing quirkiness, and that's okay. Um, but to really fill them with a genuine self-love, not an arrogance, just a genuine self-appreciation and understanding of themselves has sort of allowed them to become quite bulletproof to attacks from others because although they may sting temporarily, they're able to see that wider picture and, and navigate through it with, with their their power intact, if that makes sense. Absolutely. All right. So that sounds, I mean, that was dense. There was a lot of things that you kind of covered in that um, in that short time there. But my question for you is, how did you know to do that? Like how, like, you know, as a parent, it's sometimes it's challenging and especially, you know, your children know how to push your buttons like nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So how do you, indeed. How do you say, you know, how do you um 
manage your reaction <laughs> when something is, you know, when you like it, you, like you said, you turn into a mama bear. If someone's saying that about your kid, you want to rip that other kid's head off. Like that is your, yeah. you know, an internal thought. Um, so how did you get to a place where you could be so grounded um, and and have choice over the way that you respond when these different situations come up? Yeah, well, it's not for the faint-hearted. <laughs> it is not easy. And you know, I think for me in my in my parenting journey, I always knew my kids were a bit different, but I didn't couldn't quite put my finger on what it was. Um, and when they got their diagnoses, I thought to myself, in my current being, I'm not going to cut it. Right. I'm not going to be the mother that they deserve. I'm going to have to dissolve a lot of my childhood stuff in order to hold a big enough space for them. Um, I mean, in England, you know, we, we we glide like swans on the water while our feet are going madly under the water. We don't share that our feet are going madly under the water. And so I had to really dissolve a lot of my um, the social constructs that I'd inherited in my childhood in order to show up and be the parent, the supportive advocate that I needed to be for my kids. Um <clears throat> And I think so that it's taken a lot of inner work. And I, I was talking to someone the other day about because my kids have been bullied. My kids have been hospitalized through bullying. OK, this is a really real experience that we have had to encounter again and again as a family. And, you know, as you said, I, I am fiercely in love with my kids and, and I'm fiercely their advocate. And I have the full range of human emotions when they are hurt. Okay, so I go deep into anger and vengefulness and, you know, outrage and all of the things. Um, but the thing that I have practiced, and I think it's key, is the pause, right? So we don't react from that heightened state of being. We actually sit in ourselves and we work through those big emotions. We don't deny them they are part of our experience. Like I think people try to compartmentalize their experience into these are positive feelings. These are negative feelings. All feelings are there to serve a purpose, right? right? This is for me to say, Hey, my primal programming has come out. Who's hurt my baby. I've got a spear. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, um, but then we work through that and we keep ourselves to ourselves and we, we reach that point where we can be centered and intelligent again, so our hippocampus starts working, and we, you know, we're not we're not in fight, flight, freeze anymore, and we can think about this logically and understand that the person on the other side is a person. And then what I do certainly is I try to get myself to a point where I think, what if I really loved the person on the other side of this? What if I really deeply cared for this person? What if they were my child? You know. And then respond from that place where, sure, you can express boundaries and standards and discipline and all of those things, but from a loving place. And, you know, we've done this many times with our kids when they have been hospitalized and, and, and bullied and relentlessly, quite honestly, and very difficult at times to navigate through it. But we got to a place where we reached out to the other side lovingly and said, hey, what's going on in your life? Is there any way we can support you? How can we all be part of this solution? And every time we've done that, it's not easy. It's not easy to get to that point. Mm. But every time we've done it, it's been life-changing for everybody involved. 
because, for example, the school and the family were alerted to the fact that the other person on the other side was struggling in some way that they may not have been consciously aware of because they may be under their own stresses. And so it's highlighted the other person. And did my children and those children become friends? No, they didn't. But they became coexisting in a really caring, conscious way, which was quite miraculous from the place that they started, which was deep conflict. Right. And so uh, how responsive has the other parties been over the years? Surely there's some that are just like, you know, what other, like what, what, what is the regular response when you reach out like that? Well, I do write a letter. That's my thing because I am a writer at heart. And so I write the other person a letter as if they were someone I deeply cared for. And so it's not a, it's not a hateful letter, you know, it's a, Hey, this was not okay. (laughs) And you have not just hurt one child. You've hurt a whole family here. I want you to understand that. Um, But at the same time you have uh, uh, apologized and you've admitted to doing it. And that's a really mature thing to do and all the things, but then just saying, you know, we can see that you have some pain of some kind. How can we help you? And each time it's been received, I've given it to the school to share with with whichever children. I, I mean, some of the children, I wouldn't even know what they looked like. Right. It's not relevant. It's not relevant. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they've shared it with the kids. And every single time that we've experienced this, the children have got very emotional and shared that they're really anxious or really worried or something's happening in their lives to have elevated them in this way. And of course, you know, they're, they're sharing their pain in the most inappropriate ways. So we have found it to be a, a very um, successful strategy of how to deal with these incredibly uncomfortable, sometimes excruciatingly so situations. And I, I feel like everybody just wants to be seen and heard and they want to feel like they belong and they want to feel connected. You know, and and often it's the time when they are the least um, desirable to be connected with that they desperately need that connection. Absolutely. And I wonder, did this have any effect on like school policy? Like if this happened in a couple of schools, they've gone, oh, we didn't think about it this way. Because I'm sure that in these situations, it's a very knee-jerk or, you know, it's it's an old patterned way of responding to it, going, right, black and white, you bullied, you're in the wrong, you have to be punished without even sitting down and having the inquiry as to, well, what's going on with you? You know, did did things change within the school, did you notice? You see, when it comes to achieving success, whether it's financial or even spiritual, the outlook we have on life has really the power to determine the opportunities we attract. This is why it can sometimes feel like things happen to you and not for you. Almost like there's an internal block keeping you from experiencing life just the way that you want. But if you're ready to start living on your terms and want to free yourself from the self-sabotage that's keeping you from your power and freedom, then head over to notoverjustdifferent.com forward slash success training. For a free workshop where the legendary Mary Morrissey and I will help you to open your eyes to what's really holding you back in life. Our online training is something that you don't want to miss, and it's available to you absolutely free. So again, head over to notoverjustdifferent.com forward slash success training to claim your ticket, and I'll see you there. 
Well, we have been to a few schools because, as you know, we're immigrants, so we've travelled around a little bit. Um, but I know that school counsellors have reached out to me asking if they can use my letter as an example in classes. Right. Just, I think it's like a bridge between the two sides. And I mean, I've got a very unique perspective because I've been the teacher, I've been the parent, I've been the counsellor, I've been the, on the school of governors, you know, the governing board. Yeah. And so I've really been able to see this from every single angle. And, you know, especially when I was teaching, I was teaching in a school that had a lot of um, difficult times that the families faced a lot um, in, in that environment in, in where we, we were. Um, and, um, you know, I found that people just needed support, you know, they just needed support. And the times that I've, as a teacher, have navigated through these situations where bullying was involved and the, each side was so angry and bitter towards the other side. And I just thought, but do you know what? You're both gorgeous families. If only I could share with you what's going on in each other's lives, you would absolutely link arms and support each other. Mm -hmm. But of course, because of confidentiality, I wasn't able to share those pieces of information. And so it's really down to the parents to be brave enough to connect on that level. And, And it's vulnerable. You don't know how you're going to be received. You know, when I've reached out, because I mean, my little girl, as you know, the firecracker, she's um, just started school. But when she started kindy and nobody knew her and she is quirky and she is different and she is, if we don't handle it in the correct way, she's going to be a target because she is very different. Nat, you know that you've, yeah. you've seen her in action. And um, and so I wrote a letter to the parents just saying, hey, guys, m- you know, my name's Taya. This is how I express joy. I haven't found my words yet. Sometimes I can be very loud. I don't mean to scare anybody. It's just that I'm so happy it bubbles out of my body. And I, I wrote this so that the other families who are meeting her for the first time didn't look at her and say, wow, she's weird. They'll go, oh, that's Taya. This is how she expresses joy. She must be happy. And I'll tell you something. I'm pretty brave as a person. But when I sent that letter, I felt physically sick sick to my stomach. I was shaking. I was so scared because there's that fine line between trying to be a bridge between the world and your child, but also not creating the opportunity for them to label your child and disregard them. <laughs> you know, And it's really, really hard. Um, but I found that to be very um, successful and that the community just understood her to a, to a level they wouldn't have if I hadn't shared that information. <clears throat> and again, the the professionals like the OTs and the speeches and the well-being people, they said, oh, can we share your letter? Can we share your letter with other parents? Because this has been so successful. And I said, yes, you can, but understand it's really, really scary <laughs> to share this letter. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So don't, don't assume every parent is going to be able to do that because you want to protect your baby above all else. And to be vulnerable in this way is terrifying. Yeah. I know. And I'm just imagining the transformation that you personally went through because, you know, I know about the English culture, you know, it's a stiff upper lip and no one, no one ever talks about anything. (laughs) I've got some really hilarious stories, which I really can't share on the podcast (laughs) about, you know, English friends of mine about, you know, things that would happen with their family, something that happened that was like really noticeable. Like, you know, one I could probably share is like this family, the, the dad used to pass wind, you know, when they were sitting down (laughs) watching TV, but instead of, you know, acknowledging it, 
that it was, you know, a fart, um, he would send everyone to go and wash their feet. <laughs> Because you know they're so English, it, it was just it's just a typical example. I love that. I love that so much. Um, oh my goodness! So you've gone from that kind of culture to no, I want to. Oh, I need to lean into this and and face this head on and have the courage to step into it. Like that's quite the transformation, darling. Thank you. Yes, and and of course the motivation is I want to be the best parent I can be to my kids right. because they deserve that. And so any fears that I had, and I did have fears, and it, and it hasn't been easy. I mean, I've, I've, as you know, I'm the person that I will always dig into what's uncomfortable. And you know, I'll put a stick in there, I'll poke around, and then I'll rub some salt in. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, this is, what is this? This is holding me back from being a next level of, you know, successful. So I, I would always look into that. I, I, I listen, I learn, I'm open to receiving, not just from experts out there, because I listen to a lot of podcasts. I read a lot of books, you know, I'm always ready to learn, but listening to my kids, yeah. listening to my children's experience is so important. And then I learn how I need to be fluid in my approach, how I need to, where, where I need to adjust, where I need to learn more, you know, because they're navigating a world that I've never navigated. So I have to be open to being educated by them and guided by them, you know? And I, I think there's a bit of a fear around that because the old paradigm of parenting was do as I say, I know the answers. I, I you know, I'll keep you safe. And, and that's the sort of urge that we have as parents, but the, the times are changing. Like we need to sort of say, okay, I've never navigated this through this before. Explain to me what's happening. How are you feeling about that? What are you thinking is the way forward? Do you know what I mean? So that we can then start to have these rich conversations. And the earlier we start doing this with our kids and involving them in the process and taking their opinions and ideas seriously. I mean, don't get me wrong. My 15 year old came to me and said, I've been invited to a party in the middle of nowhere, in a barn, there's going to be 18-year-old guys there. There's going to be drink. There's going to be, I don't know whether there would be drugs there. Can I go? <laughs> and I'm like, and, and at the time, it was super, super important that she'd been invited because she was a bit of an outcast at school right. because she was a deep thinker and she wasn't into smoking and she wasn't into drinking and all those things. So she was struggling to fit in. And so I knew that this meant everything to her. So my my inner parents going ding 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 not a chance in hell yeah hell no <laughs> <clears throat> yeah but honoring her experience excuse mm. me sorry yeah and and being able to like <clears throat> look at both sides of that I mean that's I mean it takes a gift darling well it, it's 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 understanding that she was desperate to go I mean to us as adults it's just a party to her it was everything mm. and so we didn't put our context on it we put her context on it and I said you know I know this is really important to you I'm going to take it to dad we're going to talk about it seriously we're going to get back to you with a decision and I spoke to Ian and he said no I said I know I know but I, I said we needed to talk about it and then you know I went back to her and we sat her down and she looked at me and she said the answer is no, isn't it? And I said, I'm so sorry. I said, we cannot support you in going. There is too much at play. There's too many things that will go wrong. I know it's not going to be supervised. I cannot, I cannot, as in all good conscience, as your parent and your guide, send you to be in that situation. 
And so although she was really upset about it, she was able to receive that and understand the reasons. We weren't just saying no to be, you know, difficult. No, because I said so, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We were saying no because it really wasn't the right thing to do. But interestingly, now she's 20 and an adult and living her life and all the things, she reflects back and says, I'm so glad, mum, that you said no on those occasions. But I still felt like I was seen and heard and I was still a bit salty about the no, yeah. but I was able to live with it. And, and I think this is the thing is the more we involve them in things like this, the more when they leave us, we're confident that they can work through these things and make the right decision, not necessarily the decision that they want to make, mm. but the right decision. So I hear what I hear is that you, you know, if you're, you know, with your kids or your grandkids, that you want to really approach conversations with them, treating them like an equal uh, making sure that they're seen and heard, um, going with curiosity, asking questions. You know, like you said, yeah. it, it's a world that we never had to navigate. So, you know, yeah. finding out what their experience is as, and, and listening to them and reflecting yeah. back on that. Now, the other thing I'd really love to get your feedback on is social media. So, um, you know, well, you've already described like like the worst case scenario of what can happen with yeah. kids online. So what's your advice to, to parents and grandparents out there who are, you know, navigating that whole thing with their children? Well, it's huge and, and it can't be underestimated the impact it's having on our young minds. Yeah. Um, for sure. And, and, you know, their nervous systems, like even at a biological, physical level, this is elevating them in all ways. So we really need to take it seriously. And, you know, <clears throat> how we've handled it as a family and what I coach families to do and in my communities is to listen with no guilt, shame, blame. So my kids have experimented with social media, experimented with the internet. There's so much out there now, and it's really difficult to navigate as a parent because you don't want to say you're never going on it because that's how they connect to the world. But you're also like, oh, I don't understand all of it. So you're trying to study up all the time and figure out what's safe, what's not safe. Um, And so you try and put some really hard guidelines around this is how we are going to use it. This is almost our user agreement. If you violate any of those user agreements, we need to rethink it. Um, but we had a situation with our daughter when she was around 15 again, and um, she had, you know, done something, been exposed to things and whatever that weren't in our code of conduct, and of course, um, had sort of been doing it under the radar. And then she'd come to me and because she'd said she didn't feel good about herself because she knew she wasn't supposed to be doing it. She knew we were trying to protect her and all those things. And she came and she sort of was really distressed about it. And we talked it through. And I said, look, I've never dealt with this before. Leave it with me. I need to think through this. And she was following me around. I went, seriously, (laughs) give me some space. I need to think through this. I need more than a minute. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I thought, okay, this is what's happened. It's been an experience. She's really learned something from this. Um, She's obviously distressed about it. Job done. Like, it's all, it's all it's been managed without me even in, intervening. And so I sort of went back to her and said, well, don't do that again. <laughs> and she went, is that it? And I said, yeah. And then she started crying because we hadn't punished her. And I said, you don't need to be punished because, you know, number one, that doesn't work. And number two, you've learned so much from this experience. Mm. I said, take it and use it as your rocket fuel to success. So I think, you know, it's really important that we establish with our kids 
an environment where they can come and talk to us about anything. And we as parents and grandparents need to be careful about what it is we're focusing on in that conversation. Yeah. So like, for example, there was a time when <clears throat> my daughter, again, she's a great kid, by the way. This is just, <laughs> I don't know why she's coming up as my, the examples, but this is what's happened. And she was very, very lonely because of the school situation. And she was talking to somebody over the other side of the world. And it was really important to her. It was a lifeline at that point. But I did feel um, a little bit cautious. Is this other person who they say they are? Right. Because this is a concern that we have as parents is, you know, is it genuine? Is it real? And so I went in and I said to her, darling, I, I really like to check your messages. And she was mortified, absolutely mortified. And I, I, I'm very much of the thing. I wouldn't do it without them knowing, even if they're uncomfortable and angry with me. We're very open and honest about things. And anyway, <clears throat> I went through the messages and um, there was swearing in the messages and there were all sorts of things in the messages. That's not what I was looking at. That was private. Mm -hmm. They didn't think anybody was going to read it. And that's not what I was looking for. I was looking for, is this a genuine 15-year-old kid on the other side of the world? So I looked at the conversations and I was satisfied by the conversations. Yes, this person was who they were saying they were and I'd investigated them. And I never said anything about the content of the messages. Right. Because that's not what I was looking at. Yeah. And so I think it's easy to fall into the trap of going, hey, You've sworn in this message. You've said this. You've said that. That's not, that was none of my business. I wasn't trying to invade all of their privacy. She was mortified that I was looking at it. I just wanted to make sure she was safe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and <clears throat> I think it's really important that we're, when we're having conversations with our kids, we don't fall into that traditional parenting role as well. This was wrong and that you shouldn't have done that. And this, blah, blah, blah. just listen and go, okay, what's my intention here? My intention is for them to learn to learn through this experience or my intention is to, uh, you know, shore up their safety or whatever it is. And the other thing that we've done that's been really successful is to fill our kids with a genuine self-appreciation, self-love, because then people can say stuff to them. And yeah, it might sting for a minute, but it generally bounces off them because they know that to be not true. Right. They've got a very strong sense of self. Yes. And they like who they are. Yes. And and that's not easy either. No. It well, really isn't. Now, because most, well, it is actually part of a child's development, you know, our yeah. sense of belonging. And we go through a whole period where our sense of worth is uh, our comparison to others or how we perceive other people are perceiving us. And so, you know, we have this unreal, Un, like like exaggerated environment online, which is social media, and there's there's too much weight, there's too much meaning given to the likes and the comments and the everything else, and not really understanding the construct in which it which it's put in. Um, so you know, I I, th I think everyone has a different opinion on you know. I actually I saw a little clip of Jennifer Garner, you know, the mm -hmm. actress. Because her children, her girls are not on social media. And uh, in the interview, they go, how did you get away with that? How were you able to – she goes, well, I told them as soon as they could produce an article uh, that uh, said that social media was positive, um, until then they weren't allowed on there. <laughs> so, 
So I'm yeah. like, okay. I mean, that's one way to do it. And everyone has has their different ways. But but what I love about your approach and my approach is that okay, social media exists. You know, there's no. I don't believe that you should say like, don't go on there. But when you ready your child and they have strong self-worth, they have a high self-esteem, they love themselves, they know who they are, they know what their values are and they know what their standards <clears throat> are, then something like social media is not the smoking gun that it needs to be. It's actually a, a place that they understand the context of it rather than putting extra meaning as to what's actually going on. You know, it's so so important to educate them, rather than from my, from my perspective, rather than ban them completely. Which I respect everybody's um, oh, yeah. approach. Yeah, but <clears throat> it's really important to educate them on how to use social media because it, it, whether we like it or not, it's part of our lives generally. And <clears throat> I've taught um, a, a class; it's like a leadership class to teenagers. And these sorts of things, these are the conversations we have in this collective of these amazing young minds. And one of the sessions that I do is unpacking social media and looking behind what's happening and investigating a post and finding it to be false and looking at airbrushing and looking at all of these things. And, you know, I've had kids go through my programs and they've stopped self-harming. They've come off antidepressants. They've been pre-suicidal and suddenly they've embraced life. They've embraced themselves. And all I do, in all honesty, is connect them deeply and powerfully to themselves and disrupt the pattern of them comparing themselves to something that's not real. And then once we amplify all of the gorgeous talents and skills innate within them, they feel good about themselves. They stand taller. They understand that they have value and worth that's not tied to social media, that's not tied to academic attainment. They are worthy just by being them. And and the more that they can be them, the more they can impact the world in positive ways and, and make connections. And that's what we're all looking for is belonging and connection. But we need to belong to ourselves first. Yeah, absolutely. Well, darling, uh, you do such great work and I know like for 20 years you've been working with families and with kids and, and you do incredible work and, and, and an amazing mother. Um, you have <coughs> information. So uh, where can people find you? And I know that you have a gift for our listeners as well today. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So sorry, I thought I muted myself on that cough, oh, so yeah. I apologise to the audience <laughs> for that lovely share. <laughs> That was a little little extra bonus for you. Sorry about that. Um, yes, yeah, so um, I was very, very interested in, and I always have been, even when I was teaching, my, my passion was who are the kids? What are their dreams? What are their skills? What are their talents? Let's plug into that and amplify it. You know, and that's when the academics actually kicked in, when they really understood who they were and what they had to offer the world. So that's my passion. And then as I've gone on, I've written my children's books, which are the, you know, starting points of meaningful conversations with your kids and all of those sorts of things. I'm really, really interested to get to the core of who people are. And so I'm interested in who they are, not what their grades are. Even as a background in teaching, I've always been interested in who the the child is. And so um, I started digging into some of the greatest leaders of our time, 
let's look at their characteristics, you know, and it's things like honor, integrity, kindness is mm-hmm. so important, you know, in um, honesty, uh, b- being fair, being just, being inclusive, you know, these are all of the, the marks of leadership. And so I've created this um, Raising Leaders Blueprint um, because I really want every single young person to, to really connect to their value and worth. And that is not connected always to grades on paper. And we really need to acknowledge that. Um, and so the document is quite comprehensive. And it's basically saying, you know, this is an, an amazing leader in history. Honor was really important to this leader. This is what honor is. And this is what it practically looks like in the house day to day. Because it's all very well being academic and saying, hey, we need to be honorable. Okay, what does that look like for a teenager? What does that look like for a kid to be honorable? What does that actually look like in a, in a real life situation? So um, it's this very comprehensive um, guide um, with a masterclass, actually, where I talk into the points. And, and, and I just want my mission is to empower every parent so that they can empower their child to the next level. And you know what I'm getting is I have a lot of of conversations because I get on with everybody and I have (laughs) one of my best friends is 70 and she's amazing. And, you know, it's about those grandparents are still empowering their children Mm. to empower their grandchildren. Yeah. So this, this, you know, this parenting thing never ends. It doesn't matter that your kid's 45 and got, you know, I mean, it's so funny when I, when my parents came to stay from England, I went out for the night and they said, what time are you going to be home? Well, drive safely, text me when you get, and I'm like, mum, I've lived out of my house for like, you know, I'm like, I'm 43, but um, you know, it never stops that parenting. Yeah. So it's that, it's a beautiful guide. There's a masterclass and there's lots of other free gifts as well, because I'm very passionate about empowering everybody. They've been navigating through so much in the last few years. A lot of people have, have elevated nervous systems and they really need some safe place to land where they can feel safe. They can share without guilt chain blame and they can be supported yeah so guys i encourage you to go to kathydominey.com forward slash welcome um, i'm going to make sure that the uh, url and the, that link is in the show notes so you can click on that and go straight through to kathy's uh, website uh, and you know like i said she's mentioning she has books and things as well how to you know model those conversations how to have those conversations with your children um, she is just as you probably have gathered from this short time that we've been together she's just a legend and uh, so thank you so much for your time darling it's been a, a fantastic conversation and i encourage anyone who's listening to this podcast if you know anyone who has children or has challenges, you know, I mean, who doesn't as a parent, um, I encourage you to share the podcast so that they can also get access to this information. So thank you, darling. It's been awesome talking with you today. (laughs) Thank you for having me, gorgeous. Thanks. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Not Over, Just Different. If you've been inspired by this episode and want to take the next step in your journey, be sure to check out our welcome pack. It's a great way to start your own personal development journey with the help of our amazing community. Next week, we'll be back with even more inspiring stories and practical advice for anyone ready to take on their next chapter in life, feeling fully empowered and full of passion for the journey ahead. And be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast by visiting 
notoverjustdifferent.com. Also, a five-star rating and review makes a huge difference in helping us get the word out. We'll talk to you again next week. Until then, keep living your best life.